Let's pray together. If you, God, kept the record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you. We wait for the Lord. We wait for the Lord. Our whole being waits for the Lord. And in his word, I put my hope in him. I place my trust and my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. Lord, we are here not just to go through another motion of doing another checklist of being in church, but we are here to worship you in spirit and in truth, O oh God. I pray right now that we would just remember and reflect and meditate upon your goodness, upon your faithfulness of our past. Lord, you have been faithful. Every day you have been faithful. And faithful you were, faithful you are right now, and faithful you will continue to be. Remember back when in mission field, or in times in our own personal lives, in our own homes, when things were hopeless, God, you came and you came to our rescue, and you are rescuing us even to this very day. You are with us and you are walking with us. So God, I pray that we will not trust our feelings, that we will not trust our emotions, we will not trust the whispers that we hear from the whispers of Satan, but Lord, we choose today to worship you, to bow down to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords, and to give you all the praise and all the honor that your name is deserving of all the praises, oh God. I pray against every attack of the enemy, and we bind it in the name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, as you transition, to the message, God, I pray that the words of my mouth, that God, that as you use as your messenger, I pray, God, that I'll be a broken vessel before you, and God, that I'll be used for your kingdom and for your purpose for such a time as this, even right now. Lord, this is not a moment, another moment, another checklist, God, that we're just going through another motions, God, but this very moment, we will not have it back. Each passing minute, we will never get it back. Each passing second is a day that is drawing closer to our death and to our end, drawing near to our Father, to our Maker, where one day we'll eternally be with you in heaven. So God, we approach your throne with humility, and I pray the people, the individuals who are listening, that God, the meditation of the hearts for those who will be listening to this message. Lord, may it be humble, may it be pleasing, in your sight, O oh God. For God, you are our rock and our redeemer. We love you. We thank you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. God's people pray. Amen and amen. Let's take our seats. God bless you guys. It's good to be in the house of God. Authentic Christian, Authentic Christianity series. We're continuing on. With the title today is called When Jealousy Comes. When Jealousy Comes. In the past, we've done when pride comes, when anger comes in this series, and today is when jealousy comes. How do we overcome the jealous, the jealousy spirit in Christ in our lives? Let's go ahead and go to our main passage. 
Find in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 5 to 30. When jealousy comes. Last week we did verse 1 through 4. Today we're going to continue on from verse 5. And the title in your Bible is that Saul's growing fear of David. Saul is afraid of David. Why? He's the king. But we'll see why he is afraid. Because he has a spirit of an evil spirit that is tormenting his soul. Let's go with verse 5. It says, whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. Verse 6, when the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the woman came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? But from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. Verse 10, the next day, an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. He was prophesying in his house while David was playing the lyre, as he usually did. Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. Verse 12, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had departed from Saul. So he sent David away from him and gave him command over a thousand men, and David led the troops in their campaigns. In everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. When Saul saw how successful he was, he was afraid of him, but all Israel and Judah loved David because he led them in their campaigns. Saul said to David, Here is my older daughter Merab. I will give her to you in marriage. Only serve me bravely and fight the battles of the Lord. For Saul said to him, I will not raise a hand against them. Let the Philistines do that. But David said to Saul, Who am I? And what is my family or my clan in Israel that I should become the king's son-in-law? So when the time came for, for Merab, Saul's daughter, to be given to David, she was given in marriage to Adriel of Meholah. Verse 20, Now Saul's daughter, Michael, was in love with David. And when they told Saul about it, he was pleased. I will give her to him, he thought, so that she may be a snare to him, and so that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. So Saul said to David, Now you have a second opportunity to become my son-in-law. Verse 22, Then Saul ordered his attendants, Speak to David privately and say, Look, the king likes you, and his attendants all love you. Now become his son-in-law. They repeated these words to David, but David said, Do you think it is a small matter to become the king's son-in-law? I'm only a poor man and little known. Verse 24, When Saul's servant told him what David had said, 
Saul replied, Say to David, The king wants no other price for the bride than a hundred Philistine foreskins to take revenge on his enemies. Saul's plan was to have David fall by the hands of the Philistines. Verse 26, When the attendants told David these things, he was pleased to become the king's son-in-law. So before the allotted time elapsed, David took his men with him and went out and killed 200 Philistines and brought back their foreskins. They counted out the full number to the king so that David might become the king's son-in-law. Then Saul gave him his daughter Michal in marriage. When Saul realized that the Lord was with David and that his daughter Michal loved David, Saul became still more afraid of him and he remained his enemy the rest of his days. Verse 30. Last verse here. Let's finish strong. The Philistine commanders continued to go out to battle and as often as they did, David met with more success than the rest of Saul's officers and his name became well known. Amen. So we see a vast difference here between these two individuals. We see that Saul, he is going downhill. He's actually prophesying. It looks like he's doing God's work, but he is not. He is going downhill, and David is going uphill. We also see the, the relation here between fear, jealousy, being afraid, and all that stuff. It comes together, and they fall under the same category, and violence. Right? Saul, he has a desire to hurt David, he desires to throw the spear, and he throws a spear, and it says David eluded the spears two times, it says. And even when he's given the opportunity to marry his daughters, David is humble. He says, do you think it's a small matter to become the king's son-in-law? I am only a poor man and little known. But in reality, he was very known in the land. People would come and sing songs. David, 10,000, and Saul, 1,000, and then he's the king. Of course, he's going to be filled with jealousy. Of course, it's going to bother him. But not to the point where you have a desire to murder someone, but that's what jealousy does. It brings about violence and murderous intent to want to hurt and to harm the people around you. So let's begin with point number one. Jealousy kills. Jealousy kills. Jealousy kills. Kills what? Letter A, relationships. It kills relationships. Letter B, reputation. If you are a jealous individual, it will kill your reputation because people will know that you are a jealous individual. Or you will seek to destroy others' reputation because of jealousy by spreading rumors, by using others to hurt and to harm others' reputation. So again, jealousy kills what? Relationships, reputation. Let's keep going. See trust jealousy kills trust take a look at verse 17 
We see here in verse 17 that Saul here, he is a liar and he is a coward. And it destroys the trust of his people and his relationship with David. It says in 17, Saul said to David, here is my older daughter Merab. He gives a promise and he doesn't follow through. It kills trust. I will give her to you in marriage, not because he likes David, only serve me bravely and fight the battles of the Lord. He's only saying this because he's trying to get David to be murdered by the Philistines. For Saul said to himself, I will not raise a hand against them. He is a coward. He's not. If he wants to do it, you do it yourself, Saul. Why are you hiring other people? Why do you want the enemy to kill David? For Saul said to, said to himself, I will not raise a hand against them. Let the Philistines do that. And we see later in the verse that he doesn't give his daughter Merab in marriage to David. He breaks his promise. So again, jealousy kills trust. Letter D, health. Jealousy kills your health. Health. Mental and physical health. Saul is going nuts here. He's going out of control. Physically, mentally, He's losing his health. It says in verse 10 to 11, the next day an evil spirit from God, what? Came forcefully on Saul. So he's just normal, calm, all of a sudden, ah! forcefully, out of control, no control of his body. He was prophesying in his house. And we see a lot of people who love prophesying. In this day and age, he was prophesying in his house while David was playing the liar, as he usually did. And we see the consistency of David. He's always faithful, doing the same things over and over again, never changing. So I had a spear in his hand, and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. Jealousy is one step behind murder. Stems from enmity. And the Bible speaks about enmity in Genesis. It says, I'll put enmity between you two, Adam and Eve. Enmity meaning hatred. Hatred, and it kills, and it devours everything in its path. Jealousy kills and devours everything. Everything that you have. Relationships, reputation, trust, and your health. And it destroys the life, the joy that you want to live before God. In Ranker.com, there are two articles, two examples of these two stories where jealousy leads to actual physical murder. Tiana Brown killed for shoes, says the title. Tiana Brown wasn't jealous of her cousin per se, but rather her cousin's sneakers, electronics, and success in school. At least that's the reason family members below believe she stabbed 16-year-old Shannon Braithwaite 49 times before ripping the shoes off of her feet. Her defense cited that she was raped by a classmate days before the murder and that she suffered from a psychological disorder. The jury still found Brown guilty and the judge sentenced her to 15 years to life the maximum sentence for a juvenile, 16-year-old. Let's continue on this next story. Sibling rivalry drove 
Elizaveta Dubrovina Insane, 22 year old Russian Elizaveta Dubrovina was taken into police custody in 2016 for allegedly murdering her 17 year old sister, Stefania. Elizaveta was reportedly jealous of her younger sister. The two were partying in a photographer's apartment in St. Petersburg when he left to buy alcohol. During his absence, Elizaveta allegedly gouged out her sister's eyes, cut off her ears, and stabbed her 189 times, it says. Jealousy is a step, only a step behind murder. And the spirit of jealousy has no discrimination towards age or gender. When was the first time you experienced jealousy in your life? Think back, reflect. Three years old? Four years old? And he said, yes. (laughs) What happened? What did that cousin do? The cheese ball? When was the first time? where you experienced jealousy, where the spirit of jealousy came upon your life. Again, jealousy kills relationships, reputation, trust, and health, mental and physical. Okay, let's go to point number two. When jealousy comes, when jealousy comes, when jealousy comes, letter A, anger not. Supposed to be angry not, but I did anger not. You'll see with the rest of the soul points. Anger not. Genesis 4, 6 says this, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? When jealousy comes, anger comes. It's important that we do not allow ourselves to become angry. And what happens right after this? He goes ahead and he murders his brother Abel. So anger not, let it be. Compare not. Cain, he compared his gift, his offering, with his brother Abel. He was comparing, and he was filled with jealousy and hatred towards his brother. We must not compare. Remember the spiritual gifts that we learned during our Thursday Bible study, right? We learned about the spiritual gifts that's all given by God, Even one gift does not mean one gift is more important. Having one gift is not more important than the other. All same value, different function, and all equally precious and valuable before God. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 4-6, if you remember this, there are different kinds of gifts. But what? The same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working. But in all of them, in everyone, it is the same God at work. Paul here is emphasizing three times. He says it's all different, 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 different. But he says what? Same, same, same. Same what? Same Spirit, same Lord, same God at work. It says in verse 4, 5, and 6, three different times he says same same gift same spirit same lord same god at work different gifts let's continue on just as a body though one has many parts but all its many parts form 
one body. So it is with Christ. And if you have your Bible, I mean, it just goes on. I want to encourage you to read from verse 11 to 27. We've gone over this during our Bible study. You know, it just goes on. It gives an analogy of the body. You know, the ear cannot say, I don't need this body part. I don't need that part. That I don't belong to the body. You know, it's the whole body. Every part of your body is important. If one body is in pain, then the whole body feels it, meaning that we're all one in Christ, that we should be equally concerned for each other. This ends with verse 27, that now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. When jealousy comes, compare not. Don't compare. Let us see. Dwell not. Cain He dwelt, he stayed, and he remained. Letter D, insecure not. Don't forget who you are. Don't lose your security of your identity. Remember that you are a child of God. just like the person next to you. Uh, Again, jealousy stems from insecurity. When I say insecurity, it means you're not secure in your identity as a child of God, and it stems from fear, fear of others. Okay, let's look at verse 8, Romans 8, verse 14 through 17. It says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are what? The children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. What is the reminder here? That we are all children of God, that you are a child of God. So don't be insecure in who you are. You are an heir of God, heirs, co-heirs with Christ. Our spirit that we are God's children. Adoption to sonship. It's a promise that is given again and again. It does not make you slaves, so do not live in fear. But what was Saul doing here in 1 Samuel 18? He was afraid. He was living in fear. He was comparing. He's literally doing exact opposite of what God told us not to do. He was living in fear. He was afraid. He was filled with jealousy. He was filled with anger. And he forgotten, he had forgotten that David as himself, that he was the king, but at the same time, David was also a child of God. And he treated David like garbage. He could not see the worth of David because he was too proud and he was too blind. Letter E, react not react not let's look at verse 6 through 11 what does it say here when the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine 
The woman came out from the times of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands. He thought about me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. The next day, an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. He was prophesying in his house while David was playing the lyre as he usually did. Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. React not, because you are a step away from committing murder. Be careful. You are just one step behind of murdering someone spiritually. Going back to the story of Cain and Abel, God asks a question in verse 6, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? Why don't we get a whole context and understand what happened here? It says in Genesis 4, 2-9, it says, Later, she, meaning Eve, gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry. He was filled with jealousy. And his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Now this was not an accident. He predetermined, he, pre, he had a pre-plan to go ahead and to kill his brother out in the field. He suggested, let's go out to the field. While they were out in the field, Cain attacked. Jealousy leads to anger. Anger leads to physical attack. And attack means kill. And he killed his brother. And what's scarier here is that he has no remorse of what he did. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, that's your brother. No sense of love, accountability for his dead brother that he just murdered. This is evil beyond measure. And we see here that we are called to not react from the spirit of Jealousy. Okay, let's keep going. Letter F, scheme not. Scheme not. Scheme not. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had departed from Saul. So he sent David away from him and gave him command over a thousand men, and David 
led the troops in their campaigns. And everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. When Saul saw how successful he was, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he led them in their campaigns. Saul said to David, here is my older daughter Merab. I'll give her to you in marriage. Only serve me bravely and fight the battles of the Lord. For Saul said to himself, I will not raise a hand against him. Let the Philistines do that. But David said to Saul, who am I? And what is my family or my clan in Israel that I should become the king's son-in-law? I'm not going to read this whole thing, but pretty much what he's doing, he is scheming. He is planning. He is planning to kill and to murder David. That's what he's doing here. And he's willing to sell his own daughters, to use his own daughters to bring this man down because he is filled with jealousy. His own daughters, his own family members. And he is the king. And we see here in verse 29, Saul became still more afraid of him. He remained his enemy the rest of his days. Scheme not when jealousy comes. And last, letter G, fear not. Fear not. Uh, jealousy stands from fear. Uh, again, keep in mind all throughout this passage from verse 5 to 30, we see that uh, David is not the one that is afraid of Saul. It doesn't say anything here that David was afraid. Uh, David was the one that is, has a spear that is thrown at him, but he's not afraid. All throughout this passage here in 1 Samuel 18, it says Saul was afraid. Saul was afraid of David. So we know and we see that jealousy doesn't come from strength, from godliness. It comes from fear. It comes from the evil one. Now, this is a different a definition of jealousy that I'm speaking about. The Bible does say that God, he is a jealous God. I'm not talking about the righteous jealousy, right, where he is jealous for what belongs to him. What is his, right? He, it says, he is jealous for me, right? Like the David Crowder song. I know that he didn't write it, but he took it from somewhere else. But it says, right, he is jealous for me, right? We know that there's good jealousy, but I'm talking about here a jealousy that comes from the evil spirit. Jealousy stands from fear. It was not David that was afraid of Saul, but it was Saul who was afraid of David. And the question is why? Why is he afraid? Is he not the king? But we see that as godly men and women of God, that we don't live in fear, but we live in power and love and self-discipline. So 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. That word timid in other translations says spirit of fear but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Self-discipline means self-control, meaning God gave us not a spirit of jealousy and fear, but of power, love, and self-control. It says 2 Timothy 1.7. So when jealousy comes, 
when jealousy comes. Letter A, anger not. Letter B, compare not. C, dwell not. D, insecure not. E, react not. F, scheme not. G, fear not. Longest old point we've ever had. Last point here. I promise you by the end of the year, I'll get to Z. No, I'm joking. How many alphabets, letters in the alphabet, Arlene? Huh? 20... <laughs> Good way to save yourself. Angela, how many letters in the alphabet? Okay. Last point, number three. Therefore, therefore, you don't need to add therefore, but it's up to you. I like to do my sermon in a story form where it all connects each point, each soul point. I put a lot of time into this. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Sometimes hours. I just sit there, I'm like, but it comes easy. It comes easy. But sometimes uh, just saying it in the right way. I have the idea but making sure that the words match. But God's been good every week. He's been faithful. Okay, number three, kill jealousy. Kill jealousy. What was point one? Jealousy kills. What was point two? And then number three? Kill it, kill it. Kill the jealousy spirit. Kill the spirit of jealousy before it devours you and before it kills you. Kill it before it kills you. Kill or be killed, right? That's what gangsters say. Kill or be killed. If you do not kill the spirit of jealousy in your life, jealousy will lead us to murder, to murder those who are around us. Again, jealousy stems from the evil spirit. All throughout the sermon, I've been talking about stems, stems, stems. And I said jealousy stems from enmity, Jealousy stands from insecurity, right? Having fear of others. Jealousy stands from fear of others. Jealousy stands from fear. Jealousy stands from an evil spirit, as I mentioned here. And let's go to verse 10 through 11. The last reference here of 1 Samuel 18 of today's message. It says this, The next day, an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. He was prophesying in his house while David was playing the lyre as he usually did. Saul had a spear in his hand and he hurled it saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. We see here from this passage that jealousy comes from the evil spirit does not come from God. Therefore, we must kill jealousy by what should we do? Here's a solution. Letter A, B, C, D is practical, but the foundation and the most important is letter E and F. Again, A, B, C, D is practical, but E and F is the foundation. So let's begin with point A, praising others. A jealous person will never praise others. They can't. 
If they are doing well, it will kill them as they want to kill you. This goes and it transcends relationships, all relationships, from father to son, mother, daughter, sisters, brothers, friends. That's why we need to kill jealousy by praising others. Letter B, lifting up others. Lift them up. Other word I had that I wanted to use for this one was edify, right? Edifying others, but I I chose lifting up. Lifting up others, meaning don't be a bully, right? Don't discourage others, but encourage them, edify them, build them up. Let us see, celebrating with others. Don't just be concerned about your own birthday, having everyone celebrate your birthday, or your celebration, your graduation, right? The contrast between Antonia's graduation and Andy's graduation is night and day, right? Everybody was there with balloons, beautiful day, sunny and everything. Andy, what did you do? Was it raining that day? <laughs> you had to go to like where? Central Jersey, someone, some person's house and use someone else's gown, take a fake photo, eat a nasty burger, But again, we need to learn to celebrate with others. Kill jealousy by celebrating with others. Letter D, loving others. Loving others. But to be able to truly do these things, it needs to stem from this. Letter E and letter F. And letter E is this. Abiding in Christ. F, the filling of the Holy Spirit. Abiding in Christ, the filling of the Holy Spirit. When we abide in Christ and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we can praise others, lift others up, celebrate with others, and love others from the heart. Amen. And I'm closing with this. I want to continue on and read from the book right here, A Tale of Three Kings. Skipping chapter 4 and 5, but going to chapter 6. David had a question. What do you do when someone throws a spear at you? Does it seem odd to you that David did not know the answer to this question? After all, everyone else in the world knows what to do when a spear is thrown at you. Why you pick up the spear and throw it right back? When someone throws a spear at you, David just wrench it out of the wall and throw it back. Everyone else does. You can be sure. And in performing the small feat of returning thrown spears, you will prove many things. That you are courageous. You stand for the right. You boldly stand against the wrong. You are tough and can't be pushed around. 
You will not stand for injustice or unfair treatment. You are the defender of the faith, keeper of the flame, detector of all heresy. You will not be wronged. All of these attributes then combine to prove that you are also a candidate for kingship. Yes, perhaps, you are the Lord's anointed. After the order of King Saul, there is also a possibility that some 20 years after your coronation, you'll be the most incredibly skilled spirit thrower in all the realm, and also by then, quite mad. Be faithful in your walk with journey. Don't be quick to avenge and to seek revenge. It goes on in chapter 7, unlike anyone else in a, in a spear-throwing history, David did not know what to do when a spear was thrown at him. He did not throw Saul's spear back at him, nor did he make any spears of his own and throw them. Something was different about David. All he did was dodge the spears. What can a man, especially a young man, do when the king decides to use him for target practice? What if the young man decides not to return the compliment? First of all, he must pretend he cannot see the spears, even when they are coming straight at him. Second, he must learn to duck very quickly. Last, he must pretend nothing happened. You can easily tell when, not, when someone has been hit by a spear. He turns a deep shade of bitter. David never got hit. Gradually, he learned a very well-kept secret. And he discovered three things that prevented him from ever being hit. And pay attention to this. One, never learn anything about the fashionable. Easily master art of spear throwing. Two, Stay out of the company of all spear throwers. And three, keep your mouth tightly closed. When it's saying that, it means turn to God and pray to Him. Don't complain to other people. In this way, spears will never touch you, even when they pierce your heart. What David did here and what he did, amazingly, was, yes, spears, physical spears were thrown at him, but those spears never pierced his heart. It never discouraged him to the point where he lost his relationship with God. He knew his identity. He did not hurl back. He was not filled with jealousy himself. He was not filled with anger himself. But he looked to God. And he learned to not to surround himself with people, with individuals who are filled with an evil, tormenting spirits who do not have the Spirit of God in their lives. And he learned to turn to God with humility. And the point here is, we cannot do it alone. You cannot praise others alone. You cannot lift up others alone. You cannot celebrate with others alone. You cannot love others in your own strength. We cannot do it alone. We cannot overcome alone. 
We are only able to overcome by the Spirit of God, by abiding in Christ. You can only overcome the spirit of jealousy by abiding in Christ and by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So right now, no matter what you're going through, no matter what is going on within your heart, may we abide in Christ this morning. And may we ask, Holy Spirit, come. Fill me. May my cup overflow. Lord, I need you. I need you more today than yesterday. Can we just take a moment right now and in the whispers of our hearts, can we just overcome the evil spirits and the spirit of jealousy, the spirit of anger, spirit of fear, and we bind them in the name of Jesus. May you have peace and joy everlasting in your life right now as we pray. Let us pray together in the whispers of our hearts. Let us surrender our hearts to God. Abide in Him. Abide in Christ. Abide in your shepherd and be filled. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Spirit, we need you. throwing the spears back but when we submit and humble ourselves right now to seek your face Holy Spirit come transform us watch over us we need you today God what was yesterday is not enough today is a new day more and more with your presence give us a heart of peace and joy spirit of joy not spirit of fear spirit of peace not spirit of jealousy God spirit of boldness of power and self control not a spirit of violence we need you We need you today. We need you more today than yesterday. As we continue praying, I have a scripture that I want to share with you. The scripture is on the screen as well. If you want to look, you can look. But if you want to close your eyes and listen, I I encourage you to listen with humility. 
and be attentive and alert. It says this in 1 Corinthians 3.3, You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Romans 8 says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, that even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Ephesians 1, it continues, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you are marked in Him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the glory of His glory. And last, Ephesians 5, 15 to verse 20, but focusing on verse 18. Can we all look up at the screen? And as we get ready to read together, as we finish reading together, I want to invite the priest team to get ready to come up. Right after we finish, just come right up. But let's all read it together with bonus. Ready? One, two, three. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Again, be filled with the Spirit. One more time all together. Ready? One, two, three. Be filled with the Spirit. Let's come up.
gentle counsel and the whisper and the power of the Holy Spirit we are transformed and we are renewed we are sanctified and we are renewed we are regenerated in Christ every single day because of you oh God we abide in Christ and we are filled with the Holy Spirit Lord, we need you today more than yesterday. Have your way within us. Remind us today to be filled with the Holy Spirit. May we live not getting lost in the realm of the flesh, but when we come back to the reality of this life, that God, we live in the realm of the Spirit. And the Spirit of God that lives within us is the Spirit of Christ that strengthens us. And if Christ is in us, and if Spirit gives life because of righteousness, we are no longer dead to our sins. But we are raised. We are raised from our death as Christ was raised from death. And God, we have life and life to the full. For God, the Spirit of God lives within us. Lord, it is a deposit guaranteeing the promise of the inheritance that we are heirs and co-heirs of Christ. We love you. We thank you. We honor you. We thank you for the message. We love you. Take all the glory and all the honor. In the name of the Lord, be praised. We pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ. Let me pray. God's people pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us the Sabbath day and for blessing us with this space and with the message delivered to us through Reverend Andrew this morning. Lord, if there's any spirit of jealousy in our hearts, we pray for your forgiveness and we ask for your strength and humility to overcome it. 
when jealousy begins to creep in, we, be, we pray against it and kill it in Jesus' name. Help us never to dwell in our anger or in our emotions and never compare ourselves to others, but rather give thanks to you and acknowledge that although we may all have different gifts, you are the same God at work in all of us. By the overflow of your love in us, please teach us to love others in the same way as you do. And please fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we may abide in you and walk with you always. At this time, we lift this offering up to you, thankful for all that you have done for us, and pray that it will be used to further your works and your glory. Please continue to watch over each of our members and protect them and their families this week. We love you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.